This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Siddiqui. I'm here with Zach Rizzuto. Christian McCaffrey traded to the 49ers. This really happened, Zach. Yeah, can you believe it? I woke it? up this morning. By the way, like I was sleeping when this <laughs> happened. I missed the fourth quarter of last night's game. Apparently... Andy Dalton threw four touchdowns. Is that is that what happened? Last yeah, he night? did actually. Well, three three touchdowns, whatever it was. It was four like, touchdowns, three picks, and two costly ones at the end he of the pulled, first he, half. Jameis, he looked looking like Jameis Winston out there. <laughs> right? <laughs> yep, uh, um, I can see that comparison. But uh, I woke up this morning. I was like, "This is not real." You know, I nah, was like, yeah. "This is not. This is this is the fake Adam Schefter account. This is not <laughs> what's actually yeah, happening." This is the but Tom no. Brady's retiring account. <laughs> it's is literally <laughs> it happened. Christian McCaffrey is a 49er. San Francisco gave up a bunch of picks for Christian McCaffrey, none of which included a first rounder, which mm-hmm. makes sense. He is a running back after all. Yeah. Um what are your first thoughts on this on this trade? I don't mind it. I think Christian McCaffrey is Christian McCaffrey. I think regardless of where he went, you know, there's not anybody that's gonna start over Christian McCaffrey, I don't think. Um, so regardless of where he went, he was obviously going to have a good workload. But this is actually, it might be an ideal landing spot if you if you think about it. You know, obviously you don't you, you don't want to overreact or underreact to anything. But it seems like this is a much this is already a much better offense than he was in in Carolina. Which if that's the standard that we're holding it to, then yes, this is an ideal landing spot. But um, it's a good offense with a bunch of other weapons. Where you know Christian McCaffrey was the only one on the Panthers' offense really capable of producing at all, whether it was for fantasy related or if it was just putting points on the board or moving the ball downfield. So I, I think that Christian McCaffrey in San Francisco is going to be a really nice piece. Um, you know, it's too bad. The Jeff Wilson um, hype train, yeah, I think it's pulled in the station. It's not going anymore. Um, they've, they've become handcuffs at this point. I, I think Christian McCaffrey can only be better than he's been. Elijah Mitchell's now a handcuff, right? You've been holding yeah. him on your IR spot, you know, hoping that he comes back soon. He's just a handcuff at this point. He's a relatively high upside handcuff, right? Like he's one of the high end ones because you know that he's going to be the guy if oh, yeah. Christian McCaffrey were to were to miss time. But that's all he is at this point. I don't think he's going to have much standalone value because if he, you know, if he maybe like caught some balls and stuff like that, maybe he can be. But <laughs> Christian McCaffrey is going to be doing all the ball catching in San Francisco. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Out of this Absolutely. backfield, um, you look at what Christian McCaffrey has already done this year. He's the RB four in fantasy points per game. He's third among running backs in scrimmage yards. He was one of he was in one of the worst offenses in the, in the NFL and was doing that right. Yeah, he scored three times in six weeks. Not bad for the Panthers' offense, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the Rams last week they knew they had to stop Christian McCaffrey, and he still averaged five point three one yards a carry. Yeah. Okay. So who else were the Rams trying to defend? 
in that game with PJ Walker and Jacob Eason in at quarterback. Right. And he was still able yeah. to get it done. Right? I, I, Dumpster I, fire of a team. Yeah. I saw somewhere, I don't know how true this was, or if this was like taken halfway through the game, partway through the game, but I saw that PJ Walker attempted 16 passes or something like that. And only one of them traveled beyond the line of scrimmage. Like, <laughs> yes, is that is that a true stat true. that I saw? So it's like, <laughs> yeah. So a bu- on a bunch of plays, they uh, they had both Christian McCaffrey and Chuba Hubbard in on the same game, and like they would like hand it off to Chuba with Christian McCaffrey lining up as a wide receiver, you know, just to kind of ease you know him into the game. But yeah, yeah no, they were not even trying last week. No, DJ no, Moore led. Yeah. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, this is hilarious. DJ Moore had like 75% of, of the team's air yards last week, and he had like 30 total air yards. <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> I'm yeah, not no. even kidding. So, I'm not even exaggerating. Yeah, to answer your question of who else were the Rams going to be defending, nobody. You know, not even DJ Moore can escape that type of offense. It's just horrendous. And the oh, weird thing man. is, I but, didn't think the yeah. Panthers were going to be this, like, you know, the bad team this year. I, I didn't think that was going to be the case. Yeah, yeah, I, I hear you, man. I mean, but Baker was a lot worse than we thought. Yeah, you know, I mean, that was the that's start really of, their downfall, of their downfall. The offensive line was solid. You know, they had a solid offensive line, and that's part of the reason why McCaffrey was able to, you know, get some runs off. Even though, you know, you have to be a good offensive line in order to do what 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 he did. Um, you know, they did with him, even though the entire defense knows exactly who is getting the ball on every play. At least with Christian McCaffrey, you didn't know whether he was going to run out of the backfield, you know, uh, run right out of the backfield or carry the ball. That's a good thing. And now San Francisco is going to have that advantage now, right? When Jeff Wilson's in the backfield, you're not really worried about him catching the ball. No. You're only defending him if it's a run play. Um, but look at the last three weeks. Nine targets, 12 targets, eight targets for, for Christian McCaffrey. I don't think he's going to see like 10 targets a game in San Francisco, right? right. But his efficiency as one of the best running backs in the NFL is going to go through the roof. A good offensive line, a good run scheme, outside zone, other weapons the defense has to pay attention to, right? Debo, Debo, Ayuk, Kittle. They traded for him. They're going to use him. And, you know, Kyle Shanahan got a new weapon now. Um, oh, yeah. I can see his tar- his carries going up, though. Like, last couple weeks, he's only had, like, 13, 14 carries, right? Um, I can see that going up a little bit. I can see the targets go down slightly on this offense. His snap share potentially going down a little bit. But the touchdowns yeah. and the efficiency, it's going to make up for it. I think so, absolutely. And it's, you know, you talk about, you know, maybe he, he'll get more carries and less targets. You know, we talk about how targets have a premium. But I don't think it's going to matter because it's a much, much better offense than Christian McCaffrey's been operating in, not only just this season, but his whole career. You know, it's just, it looks so good. Imagine, you know, and this kind of unrelated, but imagine this offense with Trey Lance at quarterback. <laughs> can you imagine like it would have been so awesome you know jimmy g he'll, he'll get the job done it's not going to affect christian mccaffrey who's taking snaps at this point you know between given the choice between trey lance and jimmy g it's actually been pretty similar from what we've seen so he'll be fine but i, I just think about that you know how, how that could be if they added christian mccaffrey and had trey lance there would be an insane offense but um i i think that there's no reason to worry about any workload decrease because if the workload decreases quantity might decrease but quality will increase yeah Exactly, exactly. And you see what these running backs have done, you know, before Christian McCaffrey got there. You know, Elijah Mitchell, who's a much better running back than Jeff Wilson, he was averaging 4.9 yards a carry before he got hurt. Jeff Wilson, you know, was was up there too this year. Um, mm-hmm. You know, 4.7 yards a carry last season. The year before that, 4.8 yards a carry. Mostert, five yards a carry. Jeff Wilson, five yards a carry the year before that. 
Mostert, Breida, 5.6 yards of carry, 5.1 yards of carry. The year before that, Matt Breida, 5.3 yards of carry. So you get the point, yeah. right? This is an efficient run game with guys who like are like just average guys at the right. Are, are they Jags? <laughs> I, I mean, don't know. No, I would say Elijah is a Jag, but yeah. I I mean, listen, like you know, at the end of the day, right? Like I I, I tweeted this out today, and I said that these good running backs who have low draft capital, they're not safe. Right, no. James Robinson, you draft Travis Etienne, Elijah Mitchell, you trade for Christian McCaffrey. Uh, who else? I had one more. I had another yeah, guy I, there. I, I uh, an, another obvious one. I forgot who it was, but yeah, you, yeah, you, you, you kind of get the point, right? Um, so just is just a dynasty reminder. Damian Pierce, maybe he's next. No, despite no. how good he's looking. No, don't do that. <laughs> don't despite do that how good he's Damian looking, Pierce shares. <laughs> well, listen, if you're in dynasty, you know, you have to kind of like understand like what the situation can be. That yes, you can get production from him this year. Yeah. Right. But you know, don't in, don't don't over invest, you know, unless it's for the cheap, which you won't get him for cheap, right? At this point. Um, you know, you gotta understand like what the draft capital means. It, it always does. Michael Carter, thank you, Sean. Sean coming through in the chat. <laughs> Appreciate you, Sean. Michael how Carter you, was the other one. How do you miss that one? He's on your team. <laughs> I know, right? Like, maybe I, I'm just, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm just really. Uh, You've you been know. talking about Christian McCaffrey all day. Christian He's McCaffrey, not but also, you know, I'm thinking about Elijah that. Moore too, and we'll get to Elijah Moore in a second. But I did want to say real quick that CMC might not play this week. I would assume that he's going to play. Like my assumption, he's going to play. He's going to get some snaps. I don't think he's mm-hmm. going to get like you know seventy five percent of snaps, but like you know, I would assume he'll be out there for a little bit, maybe in the goal line stuff like that. I think Ian Rappaport tweeted that out that he might see some goal line packages. I don't know where that report came from. I don't know where he got that from. Who knows if that's like legit or not? But yeah. I do think he's going to be out there. If I have Christian McCaffrey and I don't have like one of the top high end options, I'm going to play Christian McCaffrey because I'm just going to assume that he's going to get like some goal line work. Yeah. Um, he's had one goal line carry this entire year, man. Okay, and he <laughs> and the 49ers have had, I think it was 11 or 12 goal yeah. line carries this year. Right. So like, he's gonna get his. Um, what about Jimmy Garoppolo? Like, you have to think that he gets a bump here, right? Like, he already has good weapons, and now he gets one of the best weapons in the NFL, if not the best weapon in the NFL, out of the backfield. All of his guys are healthy right now, and I already liked him this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving forward, though, like he's probably at least in the top 15, right? Some top 12 weeks. I think he has to be because this offense just got like, I mean, they had the run game going already, but with Christian McCaffrey, it's now a completely different animal. I and mean, we know Kyle Shanahan's going to draw up some nice plays and get Christian McCaffrey utilized in a way that's much better than even he was being used in Carolina. I, I think the whole offense takes a step forward. Um, the only guys that might get hurt would, would be the pass catchers. Um, you know, Debo could take a step back in terms of his passing and his receiving production, but I'm not going to. Um, say anything i'm not gonna say that's going to happen until i see it happen you know there's a chance but i'm not gonna say anything because Debo's a really good talent too he's almost like christian mccaffrey just at wide receiver um but with jimmy grapple i think he absolutely gets a boost you know because he's before he was dumping off the guys that weren't really you know playmakers after the catch and this is now the premier playmaker after the catch you know you talk about the yak bros as receivers for the niners now they have Christian McCaffrey coming out of the backfield. It's going to be rough riding for a bunch of defenses move forward. I think that Jimmy Garoppolo is definitely going to benefit from Christian McCaffrey. I think you can move him up into the top 12 this week, definitely, against the Chiefs and in the future, like you said. I don't think top 12 is out of the question anymore. I'm with you, man. Um, now, let's move on to the Jets 
Elijah Elijah Moore, after not getting targeted at all last week, well, you know, really one target that didn't count because of a, of a penalty, he's requested a trade. And a yeah. lot of Jets fans, and I'm a Jets fan, okay, a lot of Jets fans are butthurt about this. And I'm a Jets fan, but I will always, always, always be on the player's side when it comes to this kind of stuff. If Moore doesn't put up numbers now, his next contract isn't going to be what it can when he knows what he's capable of, right? I understand the Jets are winning right now, and that's great, but his livelihood literally depends on whether he produces now or not. If the Jets win games, guess who makes more money? Woody Johnson, okay? This is the NFL where players are getting money. They are getting paid. This isn't college football. This isn't high school football where the team comes over everything else. Sure. But in the NFL, I don't think that should be the case. In the NFL, it's a business, right? And I'd rather have these players win than these owners in this context, right? Like the owners deserve their money. They built a business, and that's great. And they'll get their money. But Elijah Moore is trying to control his own destiny as he should. That's me. Yeah. I think that's a completely fair analysis of it. You know, you can be butthurt about it. Yes, we thought Elijah Moore was going to be a much bigger part of this offense coming into the season, and it looked really good. You know, a lot of Jets fans really rally around him. I don't know how um, attached you were to Elijah Moore coming into the season. Um, I know you had Very high attached. hopes. Yeah, you yeah. you had high hopes. Extremely attached. He was one of my biggest misses this year in terms of fantasy. He was yeah. probably like one of my biggest misses, if not my biggest miss, in terms of like him. Like, hey guys, you gotta draft him. Right, he was like one of my must-draft guys, yeah. and he went from that to having zero targets this past week. That, that it's just an unprecedented fall-off, you know. And if that's the way it's going to be, I do agree with what you're saying. You know, at this point, it does become a business. If he's not going to be doing anything to up his value or you know even maintain a decent value, then you don't want that as a player. I completely understand what you're saying. Um, I don't know where he's going to go. You know, if a couple of people say that Dallas could be a destination. I don't think there's um, much. <laughs> much there because there's already a bunch of receivers there. James Washington's going to be coming back. I'm not sure how he'd work in, but um, you know, hopefully he could get to a team where he's going to be getting points. You know, at this point, what do you think you're doing with Elijah Moore? Like, have you dropped him at this point? Like if you still have him, do you keep him on the bench and hope for the best? I'd say like, you know, a bunch of people did drop Elijah Moore. If he was dropped, I'd pick him up. Uh, Our boy, Hummy in our league picked him up for like $54. Like fifty four percent of his fab yeah. last night, and uh, no one else bid on him. <laughs> Which <laughs> is a terrible feeling. I just texted him right before the podcast, and he was said he was going on a trip with his uh, with his wife now and his dog. And I said, uh, "Hey man, do you have any more? Do you, do you have any money left to spend yeah. on this trip? Because you <laughs> you burnt all burnt all of it on Elijah Moore." Um, but it doesn't like you know Robert Sala just did come out and say that they're not trading him. You know, that's what they're saying. Who knows what's reality? They're saying that they're not going to trade him and that, you know, he won't play this week and that he'll be back in the building. Oh, he's already in the building right now, but, you know, he'll be back in, in a normal, you know, game week setting next week. We'll see what happens there. Uh, but either way, I'll pick up. I, I won't let Elijah Moore just sit on the waiver wire during the situation because you never right. know what will happen. A team might call and give them a, an offer they can't refuse. Right. Mm-hmm. Um just in case he ends up going to a good team. Like you said, you know, Dallas or Green Bay, you know, a team like that would be amazing. Um, yeah. This week, like Garrett Wilson, Corey Davis, like, you know, they get upgraded, sure, but they're going up against Denver. So not yeah. really a fan of either of these guys this week. Um, I would expect the target share to go up, but like, I'm not sure how effective they're going to be. 
you know? Yeah. Um, I expect them to try to run the ball, play good defense, and and try, try to get out of that game with a win and go 5-2. and two. Uh, Russell Wilson's banged up also. Um, he said he has a Wolverine-like healing, which yeah. might, uh, you know, allow him to play with that hamstring injury. We'll see. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, you know, as long as he eats, you know, a few Danger Witch sandwiches, I'm sure he'll be fine <laughs> uh, coming into this weekend. Yeah, I, I don't forget, don't lose sight of the fact, like I said, I think yesterday on the podcast, that, you know, the Broncos tend to pull their opponents down to mediocrity with them. And, you know, you talk about the upgrade for Garrett Wilson and Corey Davis. It, the upgrade might have to wait a week, you know, because I, I agree. I, but their defense is good, though. I'll give them that. You know, they, yeah. they have, especially their secondary, Pat Sertan has been holding it down, right, as a number one corner in shadow yeah. coverage on, on his side. Like, he's been doing his thing. Yeah, no, you don't want to take any credit away from the defense. The defense is doing their part. It's just the offense. And it seems like regardless of who they're playing against, you know, the offense, even though they're completely inept, always have a chance, you know, to go up with a score. And that's a credit to the defense, 100%. But, um, yeah, I, I think Elijah Moore, I would – I would hold him if you have if you happen yeah. to still have him. Um, I would try to. It's this time of year, right before the trade deadline, where you know the waiver wire becomes a really useful tool for you. You know, if you saved up that bad, if uh, if you have Kenneth Walker, I'm assuming you're not paying attention to the waiver wire anymore because you got him on the waiver wire. But um, paying attention to the waiver wire is key right about now because all these players are moving. You know, Elijah Moore can move; he could be on the waiver wire. Um, just keep an eye out. Like we know, um, I think Deontay Foreman was on the waiver wire. Happened to be in our league yeah. and, and in another league, I forget, but um, definitely pay attention to that as things keep moving around. Yeah. Uh, Deontay Foreman uh, was, I think Deontay Foreman was already rostered and then someone picked up. Um, was it Chuba Hubbard? Chuba Hubbard. Or actually, no, he was on waivers. I think somebody dropped him and then he, someone picked him up off of waivers for like zero bucks, um, yeah. which is, which is, which is great. Um, but these guys are going to be flex plays at best moving forward. Like this team is trash. This offense is going to be bad. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of, and I, and on top of that, I see a, a committee, you know, so a committee on a bad offense, like it's never a good thing unless the talent that you're talking about is through the roof, like Christian McCaffrey was, you know? Yeah. And he was getting all the opportunity as well. Um, yeah. Don't but, let this, yeah. don't let this Christian McCaffrey news and everything, you know, distract you from the fact that we just had, the highest scoring Thursday night football game of the season last night. Like that was just such a refresher. You know, it was entertaining. From, it was it a was. very entertaining game. It was so much better than the other games that we've seen. And of course it comes from two, two and four squads. You know, I, Dude, I wouldn't have really seen that. Coming, I, I, I'm going to buy one of those like moving picture frames. Like, you know, the ones where you can have like an animation or like, yeah. a, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I'm going to get that, that video that like three second video of Andy Dalton after he throws the pick, oh, pick yeah. six, mm -hmm. turning around and having dude jump into a somersault into the end zone in the background. <laughs> what an amazing, amazing video right there. Yeah. Like, that that, was, quite a that was like one of the best camera shots I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and uh, that I'm was a, that. I'm getting that. That was a <laughs> full send, you know, no holds barred somersault into the end zone like i think it didn't look comfortable when he landed like he went flying i think he got more air than he anticipated <laughs> oh man dude like it was it was it was hilarious um yeah but listen andy dalton you know at the end of the day like he was putting out he put up numbers dude i, I picked him up in, in our super flex league and you know 
I, I didn't start him. You know, it was a Thursday night. I'm like, you know, I've been every single QB2. I, I lost Trey Lance in that league. Every single QB2 that I've started has averaged like five points. Yeah. <laughs> it's been bad. So I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to start Andy Dalton. But there he goes throwing up 30 points on my bench. Great. Um, but, you know, pretty, pretty entertaining game. You know, Benjamin got it done, you know, despite only playing on 58% of snaps. He was in every down back last week. Uh, but Keontae Ingram got it, got in on the action a bit this week, last night. Uh, you know, still got his 17 touches and got it done in a big, big way for you. So, you know, hope you listened. Hope you didn't get discouraged after last week. Uh, you know, him not put him not putting up the points, but getting all the utilization that you're looking for uh, underneath that. Right. Oh, yeah. DeAndre Hopkins, he caught 10 of 14 targets for 103 yards this week for a 50% target share. Do you think that's sustainable, Zach? I don't know but, uh, if that's sustainable, <laughs> but I think it's going to be relatively high. I don't think it's going to be 50, but I wouldn't be surprised if we see a 30%. I, I, I don't think that's too far out of the question because Kyler Murray just dialed right into him. It's been it's his first game back. You know what I'm saying? He dialed right I, in. I, I, I would be surprised if it's at 30%. You would? I think 50% okay, was just insane. DeAndre Hopkins didn't get 10-plus targets in any game last year. He hasn't seen – well, he, he actually saw one 13-target game like late in the season after he came back from injury. Right. But early on in the year, when he was healthy, he didn't see one double-digit target game. Rondell Moore and Zachers combined for five targets in this game. Robbie Anderson hardly played. I'm selling, I'm selling DeAndre Hopkins, and we're going to talk about him on the Wednesday episode next week, no doubt. Uh, Rondell yeah. Moore, he played on the outside in this game all game long. AJ Green lost his job. Um, yeah. Robbie, Robbie, when Robbie is ready, he'll be on the outside. Moore will move back inside, and targets will start distributing. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury is so weird, dude. He's so weird with his personnel groupings. It's like, all right, yeah. Rondell Moore, like, who cannot do anything on the outside, let me move you to the outside in this game. Yeah, like what? Rondo Moore, five seven. Let's run him on the. What are you doing? Yeah, he's gonna get two targets. Of course, oh my god, are you kidding me? Did you see the fade in the end zone? Why are you giving Rondo Moore a fade in the end zone (laughs) with DeAndre? And of course, I know. And and it was, and it was, it was offensive pass interference on that play. Of course, it's gonna be offensive pass interference. He's going to five seven. He's gonna require to push off. Yeah, to catch that ball. I mean, he caught it. It was out of bounds, but he needed help. Yeah, of, he needed to push off, and it wasn't even a catch. I don't think anyway, because he was bobbling. Oh, it wasn't? Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So. Oh yeah, yeah. No, exactly. He caught it, but it was out of bounds. He bobbled out of bounds. That's right. That's yeah. right. But um, um, with Rondo Moore, if you sat <laughs> when you sat down to watch this game and the first drive started for the Cardinals, Rondo Moore caught that one pass for thirty-one yards. Yeah, he absolutely did. He did. quiet after that. Like he, yep. I was like, here we go. Rondo Moore is gonna show up. You know, take a bunch of targets from DeAndre Hopkins, and that was it. That was it. Yeah. That was it for the night. I couldn't believe it. But I'm buying Rondell Moore. I'm selling DeAndre Hopkins. Not saying I'd rather have Rondell Moore over DeAndre yeah. Hopkins. No, that's right. not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that one is undervalued right now. One is overvalued after this game. You have all the selling points you need to sell DeAndre Hopkins. Now that you're talking about yeah. it. Yeah. You have oh, every yeah. single selling point that you need. Not only do you have the the usage and the target share, you have the production to go with it. You know, and oh, it yeah. was it, everyone saw it. It was Thursday night football. You know, it's not, it's not oh, like yeah. you're watching. It was every, sweet. It's, it's not like a one o'clock game where you know you could tune in somewhere else and completely miss the fact that DeAndre Hopkins was getting hyper targeted. No, this was prime time. It was national television. Everybody saw it, so you know it just makes it that much sweeter, that much easier to sell them. I think it was sweet. It was sweet. Um, Chris Olave, 
He was doing Chris Olave things. 28% target share, 12 targets. He got it done for you. I, I did trade Chris Olave away yesterday. Yeah, I saw that. I, 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 I added Ramondre Stevenson to that deal, and I got Amon Ross St. Brown. I, I sent that out before yesterday's podcast in the morning. Um, and I mentioned that, like, I sent some trades in for Amara St. Brown, and it was accepted. So I'm happy, especially since Damian Harris returned to a full practice yesterday. Um, you know, I think that's going to, you know, revert to a little bit of a timeshare. Ramondre yeah. is still going to be a low-end RB2. He's still going to be solid. He's still going to have his games. Chris Olave is a stud. But yeah. listen, I'm trying to get that high-end, you know, wide receiver one, that solid wide receiver one that, that I, I'm looking for. I did, lo- I did lose Hollywood Brown in that league. So I was looking to kind of, you know, get get back, get back right. I was hoping I would get Keenan Allen back. But yeah. apparently, apparently Keenan Allen, he might be held out another week. He might hold himself out another week. He he was asked yesterday that since his bye is next week, you know, is it better to give it another week of rest? And it seems like that beat reporter gave him some ideas. And he's <laughs> like, you know what? No, Maybe literally, I'd- he was like, you know what? Like, this might be a good idea. Um, if yep. that's so now he's considering that. So thanks a lot. Whoever Maybe we can continue uh, to leave Faraz's fantasy team shorthanded. Yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah. and he said if that's the best decision, um, that's what we'll do. So he hasn't practiced in full yet this week. It's, mm-hmm. it's all been limited practices so far. We'll see what happens today. Uh, but just keep in mind that he might not play and he might not be back until week nine. That's possible. Yeah. Now, so this is that, for might, me. that might be a good thing for in the long run. Yeah, maybe in the long right? run. Yeah, but, but that's kind of sucks. It sucks because I'm starting to question whether age is now starting to factor into it. Like we knew he wasn't necessarily the most durable receiver, you know, even before this. But this is just making me, you know, a little bit leery of him long term now. I'm not sure what he's going to be able to do um, if he's going to be available. Obviously, availability is like number one, not only for the NFL, but also for your fantasy team. If he's not available, you know, you're really getting hung out to dry. By Keenan Allen right now. And I'm worried that, you know, the production might not be similar to what we know Keenan Allen to do when he comes back. Obviously, that remains to be seen. It's just speculation. You could say that maybe because I'm saying that it's time to buy Keenan Allen, but I don't think you're going to be able to sell him right now because there's just so many questions surrounding him. And the offense, you know, obviously for Chargers hasn't looked that fantastic either. So for me, if if I'm a Keenan Allen manager, I'm like, I'm kind of stuck, you know, now this is another hold situation where you're just hoping something goes well. And I'd be looking to sell if he has a good game. Um, I think anytime when he comes back, I wouldn't, I, I would say, I would say this, like, you know, if, when he comes, like if he holds out this week and he comes back after the buy, that means he is definitely 100%. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Because he's been held out. He did tweak his hamstring a couple weeks ago. So that yeah. completely delayed the process. They were trying to get him back too early. You know, and he came back and tweaked it, and he doesn't want to do that again. So he's trying to make sure that he's completely right. Um, and when and if he doesn't miss this week, that now if he comes back this week, then then you're worried because you're like, all right, I hope he doesn't tweak it <laughs> yeah. in this game, right? And he just had the he had the bye next week. So you know, if you're chilling, like you're not like one and five, and you need a win, or two and four, and you need a win, then you know you might be like, all right, well. It's not the worst thing in the world. Like I'll still hopefully be in it in two weeks and he'll be back yeah. and he'll help me. That's kind of how I'm thinking about it. You know, I'm, I'm looking at it. Maybe I'm just a glass half full type of guy. Maybe um, I'm a glass half empty. You know, I, I don't think so. Zach. I think you're a relatively positive guy. 
relatively. Yeah, I, do. I do. Except for <laughs> Keenan Allen right now. I'm just looking at him. And I'm so, just happy that I don't have him. You know, I'm just watching what you're going through. And that's just making me You feel see like what I'm going through, bro? Yeah. But I'm yeah, holding it together. It. I'm holding it together. Um, <laughs> Darren, Waller, <laughs> <laughs> Darren Waller, he's likely going to be out this week with that hamstring injury. Um, Hunter Renfro, he was also added to the injury report with a hip. Maybe we see another Mac Hollins day. You know, maybe a good little DFS play at the very least against the Texans. You know, yep. he has that ceiling. You never know. Just want to put that out there. Kenny Pickett, he's clear the concussion protocol, the fastest clearance in NFL history, and he will <laughs> give his receiving core an upgrade this week against Miami on Sunday Night Football. I'll be, I'm so much happier that I'll be seeing Kenny Pickett on Sunday night than I am Mr. Biscuit. Oh, yeah. Not only with Kenny Pickett, but also, you know, in that same game, Tua's going to be back. So now it's two, yeah. concussed, quor- two concussed quarterbacks. It's a concussion bowl. Dude, this is, this is... <laughs> we have the concussion bowl. I just dude, realized that. The concussion bowl. That's terrible, dude. <laughs> On NFL primetime, Sunday night. Oh yeah, dude. This is a this is a PR nightmare waiting to happen tonight. Will they be night. able to wake? Will they be able to walk <laughs> off the field under their own power? Find out Sunday night. <laughs> oh my god, that's terrible. Yeah. Um. Okay. Oh goodness. All right. I think right, that I think that's about time we get to wide receiver rankings. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right. Let's see. We got, so Stefan Diggs and Cooper Cup both on bye this week. So Tyreek Hill is going to be at number one against the Steelers defense, who is banged up, has given up a ton of fantasy points to wide receivers. They did their thing against Tom Brady last week, but I think they can't, they're not going to be able to sustain that every single week. You know, shorthanded, that they're already not that good in the in the secondary. I think Stefan, I think Tariq Hill and Jalen Waddle are going to be able to do their thing. I have Jalen Waddle here in my top five as well at number five. So I think yeah. both these guys are going to be able to do their thing. Yeah, with two back in the lineup, you can't bet against them. We saw what they did against the Ravens, you know, and the Ravens. 300 receiving, more than 300 receiving. 200 receiving yards combined last week. Um, they already had a 300 yard combined receiving game a few like into week two, right? So, yeah, yeah this is going to be another potential monster game for these two guys. And you can't bet against Tiger Kill. So suddenly it seems like you know he's just being targeted regardless of who's quarterback, and he's just such a weapon now. You know, as I said he looks a little bit better, I think, on the Dolphins um, than he did on the Chiefs. Obviously, he looked great on the Chiefs, but his production looks you know much more sustainable. It's not as touchdown dependent which is really kind of refreshing, you know, because once those touchdowns come, you know, Tyreek Hill might be number one, even with Cooper Cup and Stefan Diggs playing that same week. I hear that, man. Devonta Adams, he's at number two here over Jamar Chase at number three. Houston has given up big games 
to perimeter wide receivers this year. Um, and every number one wide receiver who's gone against Houston has done their thing. So I expect Devontae to go ham coming off his bye week. Yeah, and it's good to see that he's playing. He didn't get any suspension, you know, for pushing the cameraman. So that's good news if you're Devontae Adams' manager. I don't see a scenario where he doesn't get it done for you this week. And not, I, I think there's a better chance that he gets it done in a big way than, you know, than just a regular way. I, I bet on him to go over, like, 25 points faster than I bet on him to go under 25 points. Um, Jamar at three, like I said, I like him against Atlanta. He might get shadow coverage against AJ Terrell, but he hasn't been amazing this year. <laughs> so no. I think Chase can handle that pretty easily. If, if he doesn't, if he doesn't get shadowed, you know, Casey Hayward is on IR right now, and they have some backup corners in there. And Atlanta's defense just hasn't been great this year in terms of their secondary. So right. Jamar could potentially blow up once again this week, and T, with T Higgins back. You know, some some coverage is going to have to shift either way, yeah. right? So having both these guys on the field is going to be a, a big deal uh, for Joe Burrow in that offense. And the Bengals' offense has found its footing. It seems like you know maybe a trip back to um, Louisiana was all they needed, you know, to get back and right the ship. Because we have Jamar Chase ranked here in the top five, actually top three, he will now put up another twelve point performance. Because as soon as we moved <laughs> him out of the top ten, he he went bananas. So. We'll see how that goes. I, I do like Jamar Chase in this matchup. It should be good, especially with T. Higgins back. Um, like you said, the coverage will be shifted. They won't be able to focus as much on Jamar Chase. And it looked like things were clicking a lot better. I expect that to continue now for the rest of the season with the Bengals offense. It was really between CeeDee Lamb and Jamar Chase at three and four. I mean, it, it's pretty close. You know, with Dak Prescott back, I think CeeDee Lamb, you know, is going to be able to do his thing, maintain his league-leading target share um you know he has been running a lot of his slots uh routes out of the slot um this year but he runs on the outside as well so you know the the, the lines are giving up the six most fantasy points uh to wide receivers over the last four weeks so cd lamb is going to be able to do his thing um and i expect this game to be pretty high scoring yeah I'd, ideally it would be high scoring um it seems like the lines are either there and they're scoring a ton or they're just getting beat um we'll see and, right at the end of this game right like dallas's defense they might actually come through uh, yeah, at home, right? Yeah. Uh, so, so it's, uh, the it's be interesting to watch. That's the problem. So, if the Cowboys go up, you know, they might not even be concerned about doing anything. You know, if the def- I hate the games like last night. You know, talking about the Cardinals and the Saints, it's a high-scoring game on paper, but for the Cardinals' offense, it wasn't because there were two yeah. pick sixes. And when the yeah. defense does that, the script gets flipped completely. They talked about, you know, it was like the first snaps of the season, besides like two that the Cardinals were running with a lead you know, on offense. So I hate when that happens. I wouldn't be surprised if that happened in this game. So maybe, maybe temper expectations, but definitely on paper, CD Lamb. I, I like him at four. I think he's upside. It's at, you know, where he's ranked at four, but there's a chance that this could kind of fall into a game script that's not as conducive as we might have imagined going into it. Yeah, and I have Jalen Waddle here at number five. He runs most of his routes, you know, against Levi Wallace on the left side. Levi Wallace has given up more than half a fantasy point per route run against him. And quarterbacks have been targeting him 27% of the time. <laughs> so Jalen Waddle is in for a good game this week. Yeah. Uh, Debo Samuel, you know, I wouldn't expect a whole lot of the Christian McCaffrey stuff to affect him this week. But I have him at six, which is the highest I've ever had Debo Samuel. Uh, but I'm expecting big things in this game against Kansas City. Kansas City, I feel like, is going to go up 
in this game. I feel like they're going to be able to to handle this 49ers secondary who's banged up right now. Um, they might not and most likely won't have Charvarius Ward this week, uh, who left the game last week with a groin injury. Uh, they already are down Emmanuel Mosley, who's out for the year. Um, Jimmy Ward, his hand is in a – he has a club hand right now because he broke yeah. his hand last week. So, you know, this is a situation where, um, you know, Kansas City can go up. And because Kansas City has also given up a ton of fantasy points to wide receivers this year, um, I think Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk, and, you, and we'll see where I have him ranked in a little bit, I expect these guys to go off this week. Again. I think, yeah, definitely. I think that we're kind of in the eye of the Christian McCaffrey storm. You know, we're not going to get hit until next week um, as yeah. far as, you know, the usage effects on Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk. So that is good news for Debo Samuel owners. This is a marquee matchup, you know. If the trade happened earlier in the week, then I'd be a little bit less inclined to rank him maybe as high as we have him. But I, I think that Debo Samuel is going to get it done. And like you said, if they go up, you know, we could see another game script like last week's. And that was against the Falcons. So we'll see how it goes. I'm a Russ St. Brown. I have him here at number seven. Um, I, You know, it's one of those situations where he's coming back from injury, but he did get full pra- a full practice in. Cooper Cup was fine. You know, against his Dallas defense, obviously it's Cooper Cup. Right? Cooper Cup's yeah. going to get it done more often than not. Uh, but you know, even coming into that game, they were a little bit vulnerable coming out of the you know defending the slot compared uh, to the outside, especially uh, on that on that left perimeter uh, where Trayvon Diggs lives. Um, but but for now, going into this game, like I'm pretty happy about it because Dallas has given up the fourth most fantasy points to slot wide receivers uh, over the last four weeks. They've given up the 10th most fantasy uh, points to slot wide receivers this season. So I'm, you know, perfectly fine ranking Amara St. Brown this high. And, you know, even against good defenses, he's he should be able to get it done. And the Lions offense has been a bit inconsistent, you know, this season. But there's no reason to think, like, I don't think they're going to look like they did against the Patriots. You know, that was just... yeah. An absolute bomb. You know, they didn't do anything. That was just an off day. Um, I don't think it's going to be another one of those situations, even though Dallas's defense is very good. I think that that the Lions will be just fine. And Amon St. Brown, if he's healthy, he's going to be getting the ball fed to him a lot, um, especially if they're down. If, that, if that's the case, they'll be playing from down. Amon St. Brown is maybe the receiver to have in this game if Dallas will go up. You know, we talked about C.D. Lamb and his upside. Get The receiver getting a team up on another team, you know, does well for half the game. The receiver that's doing the catching up does well the entire game. So that's what Amon St. Brown is this week. There you go. I have Tyler Lockett at number eight this week. That's pretty high. And he had yeah. a down week last week. But I'm betting on a bounce back week for in week seven. Lockett runs most of his perimeter routes on the right side. And that's where J.C. Jackson usually lines up. And he got benched last week, by the way, from that spot. Uh, the Chargers are giving up the ninth most fantasy points to wide receivers on that right perimeter. Uh, and Preciser, who is our analytics and algorithm-driven data platform, has this game at a 53-point total, with the Seahawks having an implied total of 24 points. So I'm expecting Lockett to do his thing this week. Yeah, I, I like it. You know, you talk about what we expected for Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf last week can be the same expectation this week against the Chargers. Chargers have a bunch of stars on defense, and they're either injured or underperforming. You just talk about J.C. Jackson being benched. You know, Joey Bosa's out for a while. Um, I, I, this game should be a shootout. And that's what we said about, was it Seahawks and Cardinals last week? So if it comes to this week, you know, I think Tyler Lockett, it seems like he's the 
better, more consistent producer. I think DK Metcalf has the upside, but he hasn't cracked that just yet. We have DK Metcalf at nine, but um, yeah, I, I like both of the receivers. You can't go wrong with either of these guys in your lineups. And I just want to mention our our sponsor for this episode, Preciser. Thanks for them for sponsoring this episode. Uh, they are a data analytics and algorithm driven sports prediction platform that helps you get give you an edge in DFS and fantasy and sports betting. So I'd recommend checking them out. They have a free package that you can check out. Uh, but right now you can get their pro package that offers all of their data for thirty percent off the first three months. If you use code UPPERHAND, uh, that moves this package to only $6.99 a month from the usual $9.99 a month. So pretty affordable, right? And that, that should give you the upper hand. Uh, their website is preciser.io, and that's code UPPERHAND. I'll have the link in the description of the podcast and YouTube. All right, moving on to DK Metcalf. Similar situation, right? The Chargers themselves have given up a ton of fantasy points to wide receivers. Um, Specifically, perimeter wide receivers that given up the ninth most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers as a whole over the last four weeks, uh, and to wide receivers in general, the eleventh most over the past four weeks. So the Chargers are vulnerable defense, uh, especially in the secondary. So I think Geno Smith is going to have a big day. I think he's going to bounce back, actually throw some touchdowns this week, opposed yeah. to last week. At least he didn't throw any picks. Um, but I think both these wide receivers, who I had in my top ten last week too, um, I think hopefully they should be able to come through this week. D. Higgins at number 10 against Atlanta. Similar reasons for Jamar Chase. You know, Casey Hayward's on IR. Uh, you know, if Jamar Chase does end up getting shadowed by AJ Terrell, T. Higgins is going to have a big day. Um, I think this is the situation. This is a situation where he's actually practicing in full going into this week. I think it seems like he's, you know, uh, he's practiced on a Wednesday for the first time in like several weeks. We talked about that yesterday. But, you know, he's going to see a lot of Darren Hall. Okay, Darren yeah. Hall is not going <laughs> to be able to hold T. Higgins. Okay, who? Yeah, um, who? <laughs> and, and this is a situation where you know AJ Terrell was being targeted uh, at twenty-two percent uh, of the routes run against him, but this week <laughs> it might end up being Darren Hall. Now, I'm not going to rank T. Higgins above Jamar Chase because we know who the more dynamic wide receiver is. Um, but T. Higgins still going to be in my top ten this week. I think I think that that's well deserved. And this offense and Atlanta's offense. They could kind of go, you know, head-to-head a little bit in this game. Yeah. Atlanta's been one of the highest-scoring offenses, believe it or not, in the NFL. Uh, they've been scoring a lot of games. They've been in a lot of games, a lot of close games. So if this is close and it's high-scoring, it's going to benefit both teams yeah. from a fantasy and it, perspective. And it's good news for the receivers in those games, definitely. Um, when T. Higgins plays and he's healthy, you know, he's a no-doubt, I think, you know, low-end wide receiver one. Yeah. Like, no doubt. Because I think, let's see, in four games that he's been relatively healthy, he has 10 targets, 7 targets, 9 targets, and 9 targets, which came last week against New Orleans. Um, I, I, I'm happy with him at 10. I think this is a really good ranking for him, especially against Atlanta. You know, you do mention that they're two very high-scoring offenses, which is funny to think because we're talking about Atlanta as a high-scoring offense with Marcus Mariota quarterback. Discussion for a different day. At the end of the day, they look really good both teams on offense and neither of their defenses really stand out i mean aj terrell obviously in atlanta but aj terrell can't cover t higgins and jamar chase in one play so one of them is going to be getting it done so i th i think that both of these guys have you know top 10 potential and we haven't ranked that that way i have mike evans and chris godwin coming in at 11 and 12 a lot of teammates yeah, in the top right 12 this other. week 
So we got Mike Evans and Chris Godwin in the top 12. We got Jamar Chase and T. Higgins in the top 12. And we have Tal Lockett and uh, and and T.K. Metcalf in the top 12. That must be a record. And Jalen yeah. Waddle and Tyreek Hill in the top five. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Dude, that's crazy. Yeah. That's, that's, that's kind of cool. Um, that now, yeah. That's kind of cool. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Um but yeah, I have both these guys, you know, kind of doing their thing this week. I think this is a little bit of a, redemp- a redemption game for Tom Brady because, you know, he wanted to get more done last week and and he didn't. Um, you know, Mike Evans does run most of his routes on that left side. And lately, Carolina hasn't been great over there, giving up the eighth most fantasy points to wide receivers on the left perimeter. And then you got Chris Gowan, who I think is going to have a big game in this one. Yeah. And Call we it thought- right now. We, Eight I- catches. I- 97 yards and a touchy. No, it's that's, not, that's not how you say it. A tutty. It's not a touchy. A touchy is something else. It's a, it's a tutty, I think. Tutty. A tutty. A touchy. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> that doesn't sound weird at all. No, but uh, no, 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 no. I just had a, I had a fun la- I had a fun night last night, so it just it was just remnants of that. Sorry yeah, about lots that. Of <laughs> lots of touchies. Lots of touchies. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think try, this try, is... try, try try following that up, Zach. Go ahead. Yeah, they will have the game that they were supposed to have last week against the Steelers. You know, these Buccaneers receivers receivers will do their thing. Tom Brady will look more like Tom Brady. And that's the end of my discussion. I can't beat touchies. <laughs> but this is, you know, rarely do you get this type of draw where you can just reload and get the exact same matchup almost, <laughs> you know, and have the exact same projections. So this is their chance to get right and do right by, fantasy, by the fantasy community, you know. Let's get things on track, guys, and look like the Buccaneers this week. Um, I think they do it this week, obviously. Um, the Panthers' offense ha- has no firepower anymore. Mike Williams at number 13 here might be, and I'm ranking, by the way, I don't have Keenan Allen in these rankings. I took him out uh, right. because I'm assuming he doesn't play. Because If he, he does he play, not. where does he slide in? If he does play, Mike Williams is moving down. Okay, because Seattle... Mm-hmm has actually been pretty vulnerable to slot wide receivers this year, and they're better on the outside. Um, and, yo, like, what's his name? The dude – well, and, you know, he would go up against Kobe Bryant, right? Like yeah. the living Kobe Bryant on the Seahawks who who, who defends the, the slot. Um, but uh, what's his name? What's his name? I'm going to look – because he, he deserves – Seahawks corner? Seahawks corner. Tariq um, he, he yeah, dude. Tariq yeah. Mullen, man. He deserves a shout-out. And that's why I wanted to find his name because yeah. the dude has been playing very well this year. I saw him at the Senior Bowl. Um, you know, I wasn't really focused on corners. I was focused on, like, offensive players. But, like, I heard I heard good things at the Senior Bowl. And the dude is showing up. He's playing very well. Um, yeah. You know, he's been living on that left side uh, for the most part this year. Uh, and he's been doing his thing. So both him – you know what? I just realized something. The Seahawks have – their nickel corner's name is Kobe Bryant. And the right perimeters corners, right perimeters corners name is Michael Jackson. Yeah, that's true. I didn't even think about that. Man, they got some star power there. They got some. St- <laughs> they got dude, some star power. I, and then what is going on? Four picks. <laughs> what is going on? I know what's going on in today's episode. Um, yeah, this is one of the best episodes of all time, if you ask me. Um, but but yeah, so like I, I completely lost track. But oh yeah, so what I was saying was Tariq Wollen kind of holds it down. So Mike Williams would definitely move down for me. This is one of those games where, you know, I get worried about about Mike Williams sometimes. You know, with mm-hmm. or without Keenan Allen, I was worried about him last week, and that you know that turned out to be like warranted. correct. Yeah, warranted. There you go. Um, and this week, like, I'm kind of feeling similar vibes, to be honest right. with you. Um, 
even without Keenan Allen. So I just say that I have him ranked up here because this is like a situation where like I can't sit Mike Williams. Like when Keenan no. when Keenan Allen's out, like he's gonna be in my lineup because he can blow up and he has right. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is another one of those situations where like I'm like hmm, you know not I'm not dying. I, I don't if I had to bet on Keenan on Mike Williams doing his thing, I would bet no. But he has to be in my lineup. Anyway, going back to the original question, I would probably have Keenan Allen if he plays right around here, right around where yeah. Mike Williams is. Um, maybe ahead of Amari Cooper this week. I would probably have Mike Williams around, I would say, the 18-ish, right ahead of Deontay Johnson, maybe right below him, so around that spot. That's kind of how yeah. I feel about him. Yeah. You know? So, uh, long-winded yeah, answer, but you got your answer. Yes, we know good. where we're putting him if he's starting. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you guys know after, after, after you already turned the podcast off. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, Amari Cooper, uh, I have him at number 14 here uh, against Baltimore. The reason why I have him so high, Baltimore is in the top half of defenses playing man coverage. Um, You know, James Bradbury's on the left side. You have uh, Marcus Peters on the right side. And Amari Cooper runs most of his routes on that right perimeter. He's going to see more of of Marcus Peters than he is uh, Marlon Humphrey. So that's what I like. I want him to see Marcus Peters more. You know, Marcus yeah. Peters is an older corner. He's been playing relatively well this year, but overall, the Ravens secondary has been giving up a ton of fantasy points to wide receivers. They have played better over the last couple of weeks, especially against the Bengals. Um, but, you know, like, they didn't have T. Higgins healthy in that game. Jamar Chase, you know, they just put two high safeties up there. He's not really an intermediate type of wide receiver where you're like possession type of wide receiver. Amari Cooper is, though. Right. And yeah. that's his game. And I think that he is, is one of those games where he could put up like, you know, eight catches for 100 yards in the tutty. I think that's exactly his stat line from a couple of weeks ago. But uh, <laughs> that I, I think, sounds about right. I think that's dead but, on. But I, you know? I, I said it right, though. Not yes, a touchy. You did. But a touchy. A touchy. A touchy. But I, I do like Amari Cooper in this matchup. It's a divisional game. And we know Baltimore tends to kind of, at least their narrative this year is Baltimore has looked like more like the um, other bird team, the Falcons, you know, not the Ravens in the second half and they let other teams score a lot of points in the second half. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Murray Cooper got off to a slow start. Um, that's been his game so far, but Murray Cooper has been quietly been, he's been really good, you know, especially for where he was going. I think he's a PPR wide receiver 11 right now. Like he's doing his thing. It's just, Hey, he had two bad weeks that are really throwing off his reputation in the fantasy community. And, you know, Jacoby Brissett is his quarterback. Maybe this week I'll be talking about Amari Cooper as a buy low. You know, for uh, I don't think we'll be able to. 
for when? To, well, it depends. Yeah, if he has a if he has a rough game, maybe. <laughs> as well, as a rough as, game, yeah, if he has a rough game, yes, yeah, maybe. Sure. Uh, I'm saying not even just as like for the immediate future, but when Deshaun Watson comes back, if Deshaun Watson looks like Deshaun Watson, imagine what that's going to do for Amari yeah. Cooper. Like he, it 100%. could be huge. So regardless, if he has another uh, middling performance like he had last week, 14 points, you know, I think he could still buy low. And that's I'm a long-term you. thing. But that's just, yeah. we'll, we'll save that conversation for Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm with you for sure. Uh, Michael Pittman at number 15 here. The last time he played Tennessee, they they double-teamed the shit out of him and he couldn't get anything going. Alec Pierce was the one, you know, getting the targets in that game. We'll see what happens this week. I would assume Indy figures it out. Like, like okay, this is what they're going to do against Michael Pittman. Let's move, move around a little bit more. Maybe put him in the slot a little bit more. You know, run different types of routes. You know, so they kind of figure that out and hopefully Michael Pittman can bounce back. You know, usually, like, when you have, like, a wide receiver, like, get shut down in one game, the next time they go up against them, like, it's not the same exact, you know, situation. Unless you have, like, a shutdown corner type of situation, which is not the case here in Tennessee. Um, Their their secondary is rough. Um, I would actually expect Al Pierce to have a good game, you know, if they're able to shut down Michael Pittman. Um, And I do have Al Pierce, you know, I I like him this week as a solid flex play. Um, But but I still want to, you know, Michael Pittman – went off last week. Um, He did his thing. He was targeted a ton. So, you know, you got to start him as a wide receiver too at this point. Yeah, I think that's a good spot to start him as a wide receiver too. That's where I'd be happy starting him. I think you could have him as a wide receiver one, you know, in a pinch if you have to, you know, Cooper Cup's missing. If Cooper Cup's missing, you know, somebody that you drafted like um, Justin Jefferson's missing and you have Michael Pittman, I think he could be a wide receiver one for you this week. I don't have that problem um, putting him there. I think he has the upside to finish within the top 10 um, this week because of the matchup. But also because Matt Ryan's looking a lot better. You know, I feel a lot better about Michael Pittman. You know, obviously it's easy to say that after a 26-point performance. But it seems like the Colts are finding their feet a little bit. And that is good news for Michael Pittman. I'm happy with him at 15. I wouldn't be surprised if we start seeing him float up towards the top 10 as the season goes on. If the Colts can continue to get better in offense. Yeah. Uh, I have Cortland Sutton here at number 16. I think he can bounce back. But this is a tough matchup. Uh, against yeah. the Jets. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, I love him this week, and we've, we've talked about him, and we talked about Debo already. Um, this is just, you know, obviously he did his thing last week, but, you know, and, and seeing that was great, you know, going into this week. We know that he's capable, obviously, but, you know, going up against Kansas City, they've been giving up a ton of fantasy points to wide receivers. The Chiefs are going to put up points against this banged-up 49ers defense. You know, I sound like a broken record. I said it a few times already this week. Um, yeah. But Brandon Ayuk, I think, you know, I have him pretty high here. That's 17. There, there are a lot of wide receivers on by, so kind mm-hmm. of elevating him a little bit, um, which in a normal week, it'll probably be around a low-end wide receiver too. Uh, but, you know, 17 this week, I think. Deontay Johnson at number 18, uh, I think, you know, with – with um. Can he pick it back? I think Deontay Johnson is going to be able to get his targets. Christian Kirk at 19. You know, we're looking for a big bounce back game from Christian Kirk at some point. I think it's going to happen. I think he's a solid buy low right now before Sunday. I think, you know, if you're looking for a wide receiver, I think he's a good buy. Al Lazard. Uh, actually, I'm going to write that down real quick because I need I need a wide receiver. So go buy, go buy Christian Kirk. Okay. <laughs> Al Lazard. At 3 o'clock. I'm like to do a specific time. It's like, go buy Christian Kirk. <laughs> In fantasy, <laughs> I I do that, I do that. Oh yeah, you um, have you, you prescribe yeah. a time for your oh yeah wheeling oh, yeah. and dealing. I I do <laughs> I do. Alan Lazard at number twenty. I really like Alan Lazard this week. Okay, I like him and I like Romeo Dubs. I think I have Romeo Dubs at what do I have? I have him at twenty four. Um, yeah. but Alan Lazard at twenty. I think you know this Washington secondary uh isn't great, especially no. on the perimeter. 
Um, and when you look at like what they've been doing on the perimeter right now, so let's see. Um, they've given up the seventh most fantasy points on the left side of the perimeter, the eighth most fantasy points on the right side perimeter over the last four weeks. And Alan Lazard, you know, runs most of his routes on that right side. He kind of moves around a little bit, runs more than 50% of his routes on the perimeter. He, that touchdown that he caught last week uh, was against the Jets was from the slot. Um, and that's because they schemed him up that way, which is a great play design because the Jets are very stout against the against perimeter wide receivers. That's part of the reason why uh, you'll see that I have Jerry Judy uh, relatively high and relatively higher than I normally do. Um, right. So, yeah. So, so let's move on to 21 to, to 30 here. Um, I had DeAndre Hopkins at 21. By the way, um, I didn't get to my rankings until like super early this morning. So like DeAndre Hopkins locked in at 21. Chris Olave locked in at 23. I, I would have had DeAndre Hopkins at like I don't know where. Let's see where I would have had him. Like to be honest with mm-hmm. you, like, and you guys know how I feel about DeAndre. I this week I probably would have had him right before Colton Sutton, so I would have had him at sixteen. Yeah, I would say. Behind, no, behind it's easy. It's easy. It's like, oh yeah, hindsight says we would have had him a little bit higher. But we would have had him as a wide receiver one. Even even at where we have him twenty one for these rankings right here. Yeah, I don't think like that's that bad. You consider everything that's going on with the Cardinals. The offense didn't look good. You know, we weren't sure how he's going to look back. Look yeah, coming but there's back. No he was way I would have started. Games. There's no way I would have started Alan Lazard over him, Christian Kirk over no. him, Deontay Johnson over him, Ayuk, and Sutton with the bad matchup. If Sutton had a better matchup, I probably would have started him over Hopkins. Um, but that's just that is true. I, 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 Chris Olave though, <laughs> Chris Olave would not have a 23. He was locked in. So I use Fantasy Pros expert rankings. That's what they're mm-hmm. called. And you know, they get locked in after Thursday. So like, I had to set it up before Thursday, and I didn't do that. So I would have had Olave probably at like. I would say, you know, also like right there behind in front of Cortland Sutton, I would say. So I would have had Hopkins at like, you know, 15 and 16, him and Hopkins at 15, 16, something like that. I would have had Olave ahead of Hopkins, though. Yeah, I, I would have. I, I, I think Olave, you know, I think that he's ranked a little bit low for my taste. You know, I, I, I'm not. It's easy, you know, to say, because like I said, hindsight is 2020. But I, yeah. I think 23 is a little bit low. I think he's a mid. Oh, it's way too one. low. Definitely he should be 23. So, so these are consensus rankings. Like he was actually twenty three in consensus rankings coming yeah. into the week, which is crazy. Um, he should be a, a, a high end wide receiver too. Yeah, as long as as long as Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry are missing time. Like, how could you not? Exactly, exactly, exactly. Uh, Romeo Dubs. We talked about him. I, I really like the perimeter wide receivers for the Packers this week to bounce back. I uh, have him at twenty four here. Juju Smith Schuster at twenty five against the banged up San Francisco defense. Curtis Samuel. Who, by the way, has a new quarterback, him and Terry McLaurin. I have him at 26 and 27. Taylor Heineke is going to be coming in. He targets the slot, you know, at a career rate a little bit higher than Carson Wentz. So we could see Curtis Samuel start to do his thing again. Um, Jerry Judy at 28. The Jets' vulnerability in their secondary is the slot. So I think Jerry Judy can potentially be a solid play this week. You know, I get it. Denver's offense looks terrible, but I'm still going to have him in my lineup if I have to. Michael Gallup at 29 against Detroit, who could who could be doing his thing as a top 30 wide receiver with Dak back. And then yeah. Rondell Moore at number 30. Um, this was also locked in, um, but this worked out. But I would have had Rondell Moore a lot higher, too, to be honest with you. Right. And I, I would have, too. You know, I, I want to say I wouldn't have because, you know, we're supposed to be the experts. <laughs> no, we would, would have been feeling, like, imagine higher. how good we would have been feeling, you know. After that first 31-yard reception on the first drive, I've been like, man, he's in for a big day. It's like, no, that's just tough. No. Yeah, he he consensus had him at 30. Um, yeah. I would have had him at, I would say, 
around 21. I mean, after Chris Olave. I w- no, yeah. actually, no, I would have had him maybe around 25. I, between I would, Juju and him, I probably would have played Rondale. Between Dubs and him, I would have, would have played more. Yeah, I would say that. That's I what, would have put right. Chris Olave over more by a long shot. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Chris Olave <laughs> would be at 15. Let, let's assume Chris Olave was at like 15, right? Everybody, but you have like <laughs> Jacoby Myers, like... Romeo Dubs, Juju Smith-Schuster. I think he would be in that tier. It seems like everybody's at 15. Oh, yeah. You know, Chris Olave, I'd have him at like 16. Well, just 15. DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, and DeAndre Hopkins. And, 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 DeAndre and, Hopkins and, and, and Chris, Chris yeah. Olave. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to tight ends. Uh, we have Mark Andrews at number one, who, by the way, didn't practice on Wednesday and Thursday. Is there any news on Mark, Mark Andrews? Let's, let's see. check on that. Let's check real quick. Did he practice? Is he practicing today? Get some live updates. Uh, all on practice for the first time this week. Mark Andrews is practicing. He missed two days. Um, it looks like he should be on track to play. So that's good news. Um, for whatever reason, if he misses, Isaiah likely would be the play. Travis yeah. Kelsey at number two here. Zach Ertz, I had at number three. Um, George Kittle at number four uh, against Kansas City. I think they're going to throw the ball a ton in this game. David Njoku at number five. Um, Baltimore has been, you know, not so great against tight ends. So I think David Njoku can continue to have a good year. That Robert Tunyon at number six. This is the highest I've ever had him. His route participation went all the way up to 80% this past week, which is amazing. That's what you want to see. Uh, yeah. Hopefully it stays there because if it does, he's going to be in here every single week as like a top six, top seven tight end, maybe even higher because uh, he's always been targeted at a high rate per route run. And if he's running more routes, guess what? It means more targets. So yeah. Robert Tunyon is going to continue to do his thing. A uh, good matchup against Washington. Gerald Everett at number seven here against Seattle. Seattle's been the worst team against tight ends. Um, so I'm good starting him over Kyle Pitts, who I have a number eight, uh, followed by TJ Hawkinson and Pat Frymuth, who should be coming back this week. Yeah, so I have both Gerald Everett and Kyle Pitts on my team, and I'm starting Kyle Pitts. I don't know. Okay. I, I'm I'm starting him with hope that the touchdown will give him a little momentum. You know, <laughs> I, I, I like Gerald Everett. I just think that, you know, the Chargers offense hasn't been amazing like I wanted it to be. So we'll see how that goes. It might be another Austin Eckler day, but who knows? I mean, I, I've kind of pumped the brakes now with Donald Parham back. And obviously, you know, let's make a bet. Let's make a bet. So we're making a bet right now. Okay. Gerald oh, Everett. Gambling man. But we'll see. Let's see. What is it? versus Coppets. More the fantasy loser, points. More fantasy points. No, I would say this. Okay, I, I'll give you... I'll give you... No, I can't. I won't, I'm not going to give you a Don't you cap. dare say we, we target just, share. Like, you can't do that. No, no, target share. No, no, no. Of course it'll be <laughs> fantasy points. I was going to give you a handicap of a couple fantasy points. Oh, Coppets, okay. But but I, I don't want to do that. We're, we're going one for one here, right? All right. Tit for tat. And what, what does the loser do? We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Because we're... Oh. we're We'll, we'll figure it out. A blind we'll bet. Blind right. bet. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I can't think of anything right now because I'm like pressed for time. I want to finish Wrong. up the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Hayden Hurst at number 11. Evan Ingram at 12. Taysom Hill at 13. Uh, <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> see what I did there? You put tight end in quotes. <laughs> yeah. uh, he did end up scoring a touchdown in the game there. Yes, he did. Um, but Evan Ingram, you know, running around on every rat on, on a bunch of dropbacks, uh, 80% route participation. Same thing with Hayden Hurst. Daniel Bellinger at number 14. I think he's a solid streamer this week, uh, you know, with all the tight ends on by. Hunter Henry would be in play if Jando Smith is out again or if he's still banged up going into this game, which it seems like he he is. He hasn't practiced in full yet. Um, you know, we'll see what happens 
today. I'll you know just keep an eye on that. Yeah. Dalton Schultz at number sixteen. He is not carrying an injury designation as of right now, uh, so he could play. And Dak is back, and maybe you know they recreate the magic that they've seen um, because only magic can make Dalton Schultz fantasy relevant. Greg Dolcich at number 17. Um, you know, he he made his debut last week as a rookie, came through, scored a touchdown, first touchdown of the game last week. So he could, you know, he did supplant Albert O. It's his he he's the guy. Yeah. Mike is kind, of, at number, kind of exciting. You know, it is kind even of though, even though Albert O is, you know, we were I was kind of higher on him. Forget Albert O. Albert O's yeah. gone. Greg Dolcich is the new cool long haired guy. By the way, <laughs> you know if saying? you looked at my rookie draft kit, he was one of my the guys that I was very, very high on. Yeah. I just don't ever bet on rookie tight ends to, you know, do their thing in year one, unless they're like cop hits, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's kind of how I feel about it. Mike Sike at 18. Um, he might get traded. He's a trade candidate. You never know. He caught two touchdowns last week. But, it, you one. know, Derm Smith, by the way, is in practice. So if he plays, then I wouldn't be putting Gesicki in my lineup this week. Right. Kate Otten at number 19. Uh, Cameron Braid is out. Uh, he might be out for a couple of weeks. So Cade Otten, you know, is in play as Tom Brady's number one tight end. And then Noah Fant against the Chargers at number 20. Yep, that, that should do it. About right. But but with yeah. Dalton, one thing about Dalton Schultz, I think he might be a little yes. low because Dak does throw to him a lot. Oh, you oh, you didn't like me talking shit about Dalton Schultz. Talking, you can talk, you can talk shit about Dalton Schultz because he hasn't produced very well and he has been dealing with that knee injury. He's been on and off. But Dak does throw to Dalton Schultz a lot. We've seen that. Well, so. last year, I, I I was referring to last year when I mentioned magic. Yeah. I thought it was magic last year. Yeah, no, it that, was because you know. it wasn't talent, it wasn't talent-based at all. He was just getting the ball thrown to him a lot. So I was high on Dalton Schultz coming into this year because I just oh, I assumed too. that it would continue. Um yeah. and, you know, it, it can. You know, I just I'm a little bit worried with the PCL injury, um, that he won't be hundred percent and maybe he'll end up splitting reps. You know, they have a couple other tight ends there who are, you know, who seem somewhat talented and athletic. So it's possible that he sees some rotation, but uh, that remains to be seen with Dak. And hopefully he's yep. okay. Um, to, you know, he's good to go with that knee injury. Yeah. But that'll do it, guys. Uh, thanks so much for joining. Um, we we are going to continue to update you throughout the weekend. Make sure you sign up to my email newsletter because I'll be, I'll be sending that out. You know, just go to upperhandfantasy.com. The newsletter thing will pop up and you can – you can you can put you can uh, sign up for that and you'll get a bunch of injury news and a bunch of other tidbits as well. Um, and yeah, that'll do it. Thank you for our, thank you to our sponsor, Preciser. Make sure you use upper hand there and you'll get their pro package uh, for thirty percent off for the first three months. And that'll do it for us. Thank you guys. Appreciate you. Enjoy the weekend. I'll be going live on Sunday morning on Instagram starting at ten thirty Eastern time uh, for two hours, and you can get your start sick questions off there, um, or I'll just see you see you over on Instagram at upper hand fantasy. So for Zach, for Faraz, see you later, guys. Have a great weekend. Peace.